1: Looking for the successiest new job? Or maybe the techiest? Or the chefiest? Or perhaps the salesiest? We have them all and more on Ireland's jobsiest job site, jobs.ie, where 90% of jobs advertised end in a hire. So it's the savviest place to search too. With smart technology that matches your CV with the career you're looking for, just register today and download our app to find your dreamiest job. Jobs.ie, the jobsiest job site. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Point, Planet F1's very own podcast. I'm your host, Finley Krabolda, and joining me as always is the Planet F1 site editor, Michelle Foster. Michelle, how's it going?
0: Oh, friendly, not too many complaints. A little cold down here. I hear you guys are having a heat wave though, so happy days for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the polar opposite here. It's absolutely boiling. I'm uh, in Holland visiting family, and I usually come at Christmas, so I don't think I've ever been here when it's been hot. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty surreal. So, um, obviously, today's episode is going to be focusing on what we saw in the last few days' action, Uh, our second race at Silverstone, uh, technically called the 70th Anniversary Grand Prix. And, uh, yeah, it was the race that finally gave us a non-Mercedes winner, It feels like we've been waiting a long time for that, even though it's only been a few races. So, um, well, let's just get straight into that, because it's obviously the big the big talking point from the race is that Max Verstappen actually won it and fairly comfortably in the end, overcoming Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas. So, I mean, at face value, it was obviously uh, I guess it was it was the tyres that gave him the victory in the end, wasn't it?
0: It was the tires but it was also Red Bull's gamble I mean the team took the chance of, of qualifying him on the the hard tires in q2 and I mean I think if I max finished that session down in p9 so it really was a gamble for him for him getting through but he made it through he used the tires to great effect for some reason the the red Bull was so much kinder to its tires than the Mercedes I mean literally within a couple of laps the Mercedes chaps were both complaining about their tyre their wear, and not just on the medium tyres, but also the hard tyres. And yet Red Bull, I mean, what a fantastic strategy. He started on the hards, he jumped onto the mediums, I think for a handful of laps, if even that, um, was back on the hard tyres and won by 11 seconds. So well done to the team for taking that chance. But I suppose that's what you got to do to beat Mercedes
1: these days. I mean, in the first race of the season back in Austria, Red Bull did. They pulled a similar gamble. I think they used mediums to get into Q3, which um, Mercedes didn't think of. And obviously Mercedes never paid for that one because Verstappen retired pretty early on with mechanical issues. But uh yeah, it's again, Mercedes have, uh, have kind of, you know, missed that trick a few times now compared to Red Bull. Is that, I don't know, it's hard to uh, give them weaknesses. It may be clutching its straws, but maybe their strategy choices could be one
0: think like their car is so supreme that they don't actually have to play around with strategy and, and they could get it right I mean there's, there's been a couple of ups with Valtteri Bottas, he was very very upset last night with Mercedes strategy call, I think he said that the team had been sleeping which had which had cost him yeah, but it was a case of uh, Red Bull just had the better strategy they had the better tyre wear as well, uh, the Mercedes car doesn't like the heat, we know this, we know this from last year's Austrian Grand Prix which was also a race that Max Verstappen won. Um, and, yeah, in the heat of, of Silverstone yesterday, well, we got Max Verstappen on the top step of the podium. And thank goodness, because even though Hamilton still leaves Silverstone 30 points ahead, at least you kind of think now, well, maybe with a couple of other gambles, you know, maybe just maybe Max could actually push him all the way to the checkered flag of the championship.
1: Yeah, especially when you look at the upcoming races, you know, obviously you mentioned that the Mercedes uh, struggles in hot weather. And I mean, next up, Spain, where it's going to be, you know, mid-30s, 35 degrees Celsius, probably. Um, we've obviously got three races in Italy coming up, which you'd expect to be hot. Um, I mean, yeah, after that, it should cool down a bit, obviously. But uh, it's a pretty encouraging race for Red Bull in terms of a in terms of some kind of title challenge, obviously. Even if you can't catch Hamilton, Verstappen's now ahead of Bottas in the championship. Fighting Hamilton's one thing, but it, I don't know. He's looking pretty good to, to put up a pretty good fight for second at the least, isn't he? Yeah.
0: I mean, if you thought about it, like, after race three, we really didn't think anybody would even stop Mercedes from getting a 1-2 in the championship, along with the driver's title and the constructor's title. So if Red Bull can get Max into second place, I think they'll take that as a win. I mean, it like I said, w- we didn't think it would be possible earlier in the year. So here's, here's holding thumbs for him.
1: Yeah, in terms of the pace that the Red Bull has, um, I think for quite a while, I mean... Yeah, for a good two, three seasons now, Verstappen uh, has often outperformed the pace of the car when you compare him to his his teammates, um, Gasly and Albon. But I mean, even Albon yesterday, he uh, again had to kind of recover after uh, not the best quality. But uh, again, he had a decent race and showed good pace. I mean, that car definitely looked a lot better than in recent races, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, Christian Horner came out after the race and said, like, well done to Alex. You know, he had a he had a good drive. He made some good overtakes and stuff. And I have to say, it must be really encouraging for him, given that he's had a couple of nightmares with some, like, really big mistakes that have made headlines. So, with his place at the team potentially on the line, I mean, Helmut Marker came out this weekend, um, and he said, you know, Alex is safe in his seats as long as he's showing signs of improvement. And, yeah, both him and the car seem to have really improved this weekend. But again, it was very tyre-dependent, this Grand Prix.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Fair play to Pirelli for changing something, at least. I think it definitely made made a good difference. If there is another doubleheader at the same track, then it would be good to see a few more changes, because if uh, Red Bull hadn't taken that gamble, then I think that would have been a pretty, pretty terrible race, in all honesty. That's uh, obviously, that was the top three, was Verstappen, Hamilton, Bottas. Uh, and just outside that, um, I think another real standout performer, actually, was um, Charles Leclerc. I feel like he's not getting spoken about that much this season. You know, the the focus is more on uh, Ferrari's bad car, Sebastian Vettel's struggles. But I mean, I don't know, when you compare Leclerc to Vettel, I mean, he is doing a pretty unbelievable job. You know, he got a podium last week and fourth this week pretty comfortably in the end.
0: Yeah, it was a very comfortable fourth. Um, I think he was, he was something like 10 seconds up the road from Alex Alvin in a car that's not as good as the Red Bull car at the moment. Uh, you're right in saying that Leclerc's performances are being overlooked for, for Vettel's the, um, these days. But oh, you got to really feel sorry for Seb. I mean, it's, it's a case of what can go wrong is going wrong for him at the moment. Um, he actually came out after the race and pretty much questioned if, if Ferrari had done him in in order to make life a bit easier for Charles Leclerc, given that he got putted into traffic in the middle of two McLarens, so that uh, so that he didn't hold up Leclerc, who had stopped a couple of laps earlier. So yeah, unfortunately, I think the the against Leclerc is unfortunately the biggest problem at the moment is that people are feeling sorry for Seb. So it's kind of hard to have a bit of love affair for Leclerc at the moment when, yeah, things are just going so wrong on the other side of the garage.
1: Yeah, I think as well, there's a lot of people who, I don't know, it sounds kind of strange, but are maybe reluctant to see Ferrari get good results at the moment because, you know, there's a lot of people who have been very unhappy with how they treated Vettel. Um, I mean, there were people that were unhappy with how they treated Vettel before the season even started, you know, with, with how they how they kind of binned him off for signs. Um, And then the season started. I mean, it hasn't got much better. I know that maybe Leclerc at the moment may be a better driver than Vettel, but there's no way the gap between them is that big. You know, I think if you look at the car, they just designing it. They had Leclerc in mind, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's talk now that with the how bad the relationship is between Vettel and Ferrari that he may not even see the season out. Um, is that something you can see happening or do you expect him to cruel his way to Abu Dhabi, assuming we end there.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to be determined to finish out the season with Ferrari and at some stage of the game, like, show them that they've made a mistake. I don't see them changing drivers, drivers midway through the year, um, because at the end of the day, you also still want Vettel's input into that car, you know, even though the car and him don't seem to be friends at the moment. Um, a sooner or later, he's going to get it right. Yeah, I mean,
1: do you, with these performances... Um, I don't know. Do you think that it's it's a big issue in terms of his driving as well? Obviously, we I mean, Ricardo when he spanned yesterday, referred to it as a seb spin, which I think says it all in a lot of ways. You know, Vettel's been doing it so much in the last few years. Um, and this year, he hasn't really come in for too much criticism because the car's been pretty, pretty bad in itself. Um, I don't know if he does end up going to a racing point slash Aston Martin, which does look likely now. Do you think he's still got that driving in him or um, do you think it should be cause for concern these uh, last season and the start of this season?
0: Yeah, I don't think you lose that driving. You know, he's got that ability um, and I, I believe it's still there. I mean, if you look at how Nico Hülkenberg stepped into the Racing Point car, I mean, seven months after last driving. Uh, last racing in Formula One, aside from a couple of neck issues and a bit of pain, he, he's still at that speed. He was still quickly up to pace. He just needs the right car. And in Vettel's case, he needs the right car as well. Hopefully, Aston Martin can give it to him.
1: That brings us um, nicely onto Hockenberg, actually. I mentioned in last week's episode that uh, I really wanted to talk about him because, I don't know, I thought it was so exciting, his uh, comeback in something he really deserved uh, but obviously we didn't really get the chance to last week because he had a dns um didn't even make it out of the pit on sunday but that wasn't the case this weekend obviously um awesome qualifying performance to start p3 and then the race it wasn't as good but um i don't know all things considered it was still a pretty damn impressive uh return from him wasn't it
0: yeah, I think he has a lot of reasons to be happy about it. I mean, unfortunately, it is now, what, 178 without a podium. So that's, uh, that's well, that sucks a bit if we're completely honest. But he qualified third. He brought the car home in seventh place because he had to make a, another late pit stop because um, the car was just chewing the tires. But, yeah, it was it was a good race by Neko. Um, and one, hopefully, that will catch the attention of other teams on the grid. And who knows? Maybe he could be back next year.
1: Yeah, I think when you uh when you look at his performance, it's hard to I mean, I don't think it was ever justifiable on Renault's part to get rid of him in the first place. Um and that's still a decision that confuses me to this day, you know. I mean I guess it is nice for them to have a French driver, um, maybe a younger driver as well in Ocon, but yeah, I don't think Holkenberg ever deserved to lose a seat. And um yeah, he's he, he's mentioned that he's been contacted by a few F uh, F one teams already in terms of next season I mean looking at it I guess that has to be maybe Hassan Alfa Romeo I mean there aren't really it would be nice to see him get a better seat but there aren't really any foreseeable options are there?
0: not many unfortunately and he has come out and said he's not desperate to return to the Formula One grid if it happens it happens that'd be awesome but if it doesn't as I said he's not desperate Um, and you have to kind of wonder at the moment with Hassan Alfa Romeo's form if that's just not a desperate to be back on the grid type of seed.
1: yeah yeah I think um I don't know you look at how Kimi Raikkonen's faring at Alfa Romeo and that alone is just the epitome of a guy that doesn't want to be there doing what he's doing um so yeah I'm sure Hulkenberg looks at that and maybe maybe has second thoughts about returning to F1 um but I don't know. You know regulation changes and everything after next season could uh could put him back in the mix but um yeah, I don't know. I think it it does kind of suck that he's. Yeah, you know, it's like Verstappen said on Saturday. Um, it, that performance kind of proved that Hulkenberg should be on the grid, and to be honest, he deserves a better seat than um one of the back markers. But that's Formula One, I guess. It's it's rough. Um, so yeah, taking ahead, uh, taking a look ahead to next week in Barcelona. Obviously, uh, I mean Max Verstappen's got a decent record there. He won his first ever race there for red bull back in 2016 um and that also happened to be his first race at red bull not a bad one um i mean i don't know do you it's going to be higher temperatures as well i mean there's a pretty good chance that he'll win again isn't there
0: well i'm hoping that the higher temperatures will at least put him in the running but again you'd you kind of got to say well it's likely to be mercedes but i mean one can always hope
1: yeah yeah exactly i mean that's the thing, isn't it? This week has given us uh, some tiny hopes that we'll be able to see some kind of battle that isn't just Hamilton v. Bottas. Because, uh, yeah, to be honest, I don't know. When you look at that race, I think you look at Verstappen and you think, yeah, give him the car, give him the strategy, he can fully challenge Hamilton throughout a race, throughout a season, for a title. Um, you know, he's got the pace for it. He's got the time management. Um, and in contrast, I mean, you look at Bottas and you think... I don't know. It's hard to see him maintaining the challenge to Hamilton for a whole season, isn't it?
0: well he's yet to do so unfortunately you know he shows us signs of brilliance and signs of having a fight in him and then it just seems to fade away so yeah we need max for to be up there challenging him it would be lovely if Charles Leclerc was in the mix as well but at least us at least let us have a battle that's two different teams against each other as opposed to just borders versus hamilton and we all know the winner for that one
1: yeah exactly exactly um so, Yeah, I mean, it, it, just one last thing to end on. Um, obviously, it does look like Red Bull of if they get strategy right, if the temperatures work in their favour, they can actually challenge Mercedes, um, which is obviously encouraging. Ferrari, it's I don't know, it's hard to tell where they are, isn't it? In terms of in terms of their uh, pace and their, their place in the pecking order, because you know Leclerc P4 comfortable way ahead of uh, of McLaren of Racing Point of Renault, but then. Obviously, Vettel was there languishing down in p P12 just outside the points for the whole race. So I don't know. Where do you think their car is at this point heading to Barcelona?
0: Well, they're now up to third in the standings, but I mean, really distant from, from Mercedes and even very distant from Red Bull. Um, I don't think they're leading the midfield battle. I, um, McLaren had a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare weekend. I think they were saying as well that their car didn't want to work properly on the soft tyres, and the fact that Pirelli had gone a step softer with the t- soft tyres, they they really did struggle. But I think in general, I would put the McLaren ahead of the Ferrari
1: still. That's something good to come from there this year, I guess, is that with Ferrari dropping down into that midfield battle. And um, I think the other the other three uh, making some decent progress, it does make it a lot, a lot more interesting there. But um, I don't know. I think we really need need Vettel to be back, back on it to make things even better. But um, I don't know. In my eyes, that's hard to see anytime soon. Um Vettel getting back to kind of challenging Leclerc again what do you think
0: yeah it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon but I think with Vettel he just needs that one race that's just going to put his confidence back in and let him have confidence in the car as well and I I think we'll see him back up there at the front
1: Yeah, well, um, you know, obviously we'd like to see that and I'm sure pretty much everybody listening would like to see that because, yeah, it's not a particularly enjoyable thing. Um, you know, it's bad enough seeing Kimi Raikkonen driving stuck in rock bottom of the grid and he's uh, when he's 39, 40. I think seeing Vettel stuck outside the points in the Ferrari, it just... I don't know, it seems a bit soon for him to be in that situation you know you look at him you think he should still be fighting for podiums at the very least well that's everything on this episode that's everything that happened in uh, yesterday's race and everything that we expect from next week's race in barcelona um yeah we'll be here again next monday to discuss everything that happens in spain so hopefully it'll be a good one uh, michelle thanks for coming on it's always a pleasure, friendly. While, while we're uh, waiting for the next race, be sure to keep an eye on our website, planetf1.com, as well as our social media channels. Uh, our Facebook is Planet F1, and our Twitter is Planet underscore F1. If you're listening and you're enjoying it, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It uh, really goes a long way to helping us out. That's just about everything. Stay posted on everything, and we'll see you next week. So, 12D75423, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm a 1.2 litre, my clock says 60,000, but sure I have driven 120, I've had multiple crashes, and I have outstanding finance of double my asking price.
0: Not exactly as advertised, are we? Every second-hand car has a story to tell. Know the full story before you buy. Use the CCPC Car Buyer's Checklist and know what to look for. Find out more at ccpc.ie forward slash carchecks. From the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission.